Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Iron fans around the world, and welcome back to the Iron Brew podcast. It's been a long time uh, since we last did a podcast. I believe we're going back to the 25th of August. But as you'll uh, probably have noticed, a lot of different things have happened since then. So welcome back. And, uh, we, you know, we have a, a, a big announcement of our own. The Iron Brew podcast now has a sponsor. So we're delighted to welcome West Green Surveying to uh, be the official sponsor of the podcast. Thanks to the guys um, across at West Green Surveying for supporting us. Just a little bit of information about West Green and the firm of chartered surveyors who specialise in project management, quantity surveying, building surveying and aerial drone surveys across both public and private sectors. They cover Yorkshire and the Lincolnshire region, uh, region and their expertise enables them to provide insight and solutions tailored to clients in the local areas. So if you want to know anything more about West Green Surveying or you want a quote, <clears throat> Um, if you go to the Iron Brew website, there is a news item about that, and there is also a link to West Green's uh, website there. I'm sure you'll be able to find them if you if you Google West Green Surveying as well. So thank you very much to West Green, um, the new Iron Brew podcast sponsors. Um, so <clears throat> should we uh, let, let's let's get into it, uh, Matt Ellis, as you can probably tell, and also Matt Blanchard. Hi, Matt. How's it going? Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? But I think uh, it's about time we did one, um, and yeah, lots to discuss. Absolutely. That is very, very right. There is so much to discuss. I've got a list longer than my arm here. Um, but, you know, I think uh, we, we it's difficult knowing to what to start with, actually, with this one, because there's so much stuff has happened. Um, but obviously, there's a lot of recent stuff that's happened as well. So it's like, we, we kind of have to address the, the kind of goings on since, what what is it now? Sort of like, Mid, since mid-September or something like that, when it all really started to kick off. Um, I think that's about right. And, and yeah, so I think probably the best place to start is the sort of the last days of Rome, as it were, of uh, Mr. Hilton's sort of tenure of, um, of Scunthorpe United when, um, as you'll know, Matt and myself and another Iron fan called Dave Green were all banned from Scunthorpe United Football Club by um, the former owner, David Hilton. <clears throat> you know, we were banned. There was a lot of uproar. It went viral. I went on TV. I went on TV again. I went on radio. Um, you know, most of my spare time, uh, even during the day at work, <laughs> was was taken up by media appearances. Um, really, just to try and highlight the not just my situation. I knew I was banned, but I always knew I was, you know, I was going to get back into the club. And, and, and same with Matt, and, and same with Dave. But it was just about trying to highlight that wider problem of really shitty football club um, ownership and and trying to get more kind of eyes, more media attention around Scunthorpe United and, and the club's plight as a whole. And I think we did manage to do that. And and of course, um, Mr. Hilton, Mr. Hilton took on the brew and and we essentially buried him, didn't we? So that's what happened there. <clears throat> Fast forward to a lot of other bits that happened, but eventually there was an agreement that was made between a local business group 
including Michelle Harness um, and all the new members of the board um, that were successful in, in, in buying Scunthorpe. Kind of, we don't think about it as much on, on a day-to-day basis, really, because you know we go to, go to the game on Saturday. We, we seem to be winning every week up until Saturday against Boston, but we, we've, been, we've been, been doing really, really well in the league. <clears throat> but, you know, the club very much still needs the support of fans and it's been saved, but it's it's the hard work only kind of started when the club was saved and, and Michelle took took on the reins, if you like, um, because of, of the longstanding debt that was dropped on the club by, by Mr Hilton and on all that stuff. And really the club needs support. You know, it needs people to go down to other matches, people to buy merchandise, people to buy food, beer. Um, you know, you don't need convincing of that one when you, when you go down to Glenford Park or as it's now called the Attis Arena. Um, on a Saturday and a Tuesday. So, you know, Iron fans keep doing that and, and I'm sure we'll get through it. But, you know, it, a lot of stuff happened, didn't it, Matt? You know, it, it's some of it's a blur, some of it isn't. But, you know, what do you want to highlight about that kind of, that period of sort of massive um, upheaval in, in Scunthorpe United's recent history? Yeah, it was all a bit surreal, to be honest. I mean, when, when the email came through saying that we were banned, I was actually <laughs> abroad, so I was kind of poolside, drinking hand, and I was just looking through my emails, and, and it came through, and it, I don't know, it just it was one of those. I mean, I think uh, Peter Swan had uh, threatened me a couple of times, but uh, obviously never never uh, came to fruition. However, you know, it, yeah, it was one of those. I didn't really expect it, but then given kind of what had happened in the week prior, then, you know, I, I could see why it had happened. Um, I do think it was kind of a, an easy way out for him, really. I don't think he expected it to go as viral as, as it did, because obviously I think it, it went around Twitter. There were millions and millions of views. And it was it all kind of blew up, really. And, and I was there, um, you know, abroad, and, and you were doing most of the uh, media appearances. <laughs> Things like yeah. that, and it was, uh, you know, it was, it was great. I think uh, what you did was was fantastic to highlight um, sort of what was going on, and I think it needed that really because I know there were a couple of outlets, obviously the Athletic, um, running the story uh, about Hilton. There were a couple of other sort of larger outlets that had touched it. You know, I think uh, the Eye paper, Daniel Story at the Eye, and there were mm-hmm. a few others yep. that that kind of uh, chipped in, but really again you know we've seen it many times before with other clubs that are facing similar predicaments the the media really do get hold of it a little bit too late i think and it was it was at the stage where it had something had to happen um and it, it had to happen relatively quickly uh, obviously i was in discussions with michelle about the uh, fundraiser that obviously an amazing uh, amount of money that was raised uh, for the staff and the players um, so I was kind of in discussions that week with the club and, and it was Michelle as, as kind of the um, the link really into the club that week, just kind of discussing how we split the money up and things like that. Mm. Uh, spoken to Jimmy and, and Lee and, you know, we, we were having some good discussions about that. And uh, it was kind of the night before I flew home, I, I had the call from Michelle and she said, I think I'm going to buy it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, it was kind of like, Wow, you know, I didn't really expect it. Although, you know, I'd been regular contact with Michelle. Um, I knew that she was kind of part of the the consortium, if you like, that um, that we're going to look to take over. But it was getting really desperate, and and she kind of rang. She said, "Look, I think I'm I'm going to do it. I think I'm just going to um, take the punt and see what happens." And uh, that was that was then. And then 
fast forward sort of 12 hours, got on a flight, got back home, expected it all to gone through and it had hit a couple of snags. And to be honest, I went down to the club that day to kind of look at how we could split the money up. And, and it was surreal. You know, you, have, you watch kind of behind the scenes documentaries on Netflix and <laughs> things like that. I mean, this kind of what I'd witnessed in four or five hours when I was down there kind of blew it all out of the water. And it was, yeah, you just didn't think it, it was that bad. And obviously I only saw a brief kind of snapshot of what had been going on. Um, obviously staff that have been working down there were seeing this on a daily basis. And, and I just got the, you know, a couple of hours of it. And it was just, you just, you just couldn't believe how bad it got. And um, it was really a case of it had to go through. Otherwise, I think I think the club would be gone by now. Um, so I think it's it's taken an amazing sort of effort from Michelle, the rest of the board. Uh, obviously, Rog was there most days, um, chipping away and, and trying to get a deal over the line with Michelle and uh, obviously Simon and, and the others um, that, have, that have since joined the board, Ian and, and, and the rest. And, you know, it's, it's taken an amazing effort to, to first of all, secure uh, the short-term future of the club and then start chipping away at, at the debt and, and trying to get that down to a sustainable level and, and get back on an even keel. I mean, I saw, obviously, I don't know who, who we owe or whatever, but I saw a pile of bills and it was, you know, an A4 sort of reel of paper thick with, with the amount of bills and uh, all, mm. all sorts of things. It was just insane. And it's crazy that it got that to that stage, really. And, you know, the National League and, and others really did turn a blind eye. And, and I think that is the most disappointing thing at the moment uh, when we're talking about sort of Michelle revealed we're still under embargo and, and transfer embargoes, which... I understand is kind of um, the rules, you know, that that's the rules at the moment until we've, we've paid off football creditors and, and the revenue and, and the revenue that we owed from previous. However, it does seem a little bit unfair when they've got rid of a hell of a lot of the debt and, uh, you know, they're, they're working towards paying the rest. However, you know, the National League kind of turned a blind eye at that stage and, and unfortunately the new board are kind of they get the consequences of it. So, yeah, it's it's frustrating. But I think what's happened in the past sort of four, four, three or four months, the way the community's kind of rallied together, you know, the, the turnouts through the gate has been fantastic. And, and what's happened off the pitch, you know, to get a club or just to keep the club alive, really, uh, and into the new year has been uh, fantastic. And it's been a great effort from all involved. Yeah, absolutely. It's It's, it's been unreal, hasn't it? Like, as you said, all, all the work behind the scenes that we probably haven't seen or, or you don't really see in 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 the public domain that that's been done to save the club because we were, you know, what we can we say we were probably a couple of days hours from from losing the club. Maybe it was close. Put it that way, it was definitely close. I don't know how long we would have had left. Obviously, uh, Hilton had said he wasn't putting any more money in. There were the winding up petitions. Obviously, the revenue, there was the wind-up petition, there was the uh, CCJs that were, you know, it was just every day, it seemed there was another one added to the system. And, yeah, it didn't seem as though there was a way out. And uh, when you look at it, sort of, when it got that close, and, and to be honest, Matt, I walked away that day when, I, when I'd been in, uh, I walked away at sort of five o'clock, and I thought that was it. I, I just couldn't see a way out. And... Yeah, it was. It was as I say, it was surreal because you never ex- expect your football club to get into that situation and to kind of witness it firsthand and and see what was going on was was a real eye opener. And I think um, I don't think I, I know fans did realise it, it came close, um, but I, I don't think the majority probably realised how close it was to to kind of um, 
ceasing to exist. And that would have been an absolute travesty. And, it, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, yeah, it, we, we were close. Obviously, there's still a long way to go. We've got to get through to the end of the season. Uh, and I'm sure, you know, Michelle and, and the rest of them are, are doing the best to try and uh, make that happen. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a battle. It's an uphill battle. And uh, the state that it was left, unfortunately isn't making it easy but uh but yeah as i say i think we're we're in a hell of a better position than we were but it's it's just a shame that it came to this and it's a shame as well that you know that michelle and, and the rest of the board didn't take it a year earlier because that would have saved a, a hell of a lot of issues i think yeah you're right and look the whole period of of, of mr hilton's tenure from from the start of last january to to his you know um eventual demise was well it was quite a a bizarre sort of chapter in the club's history, wasn't it? Really, there was, you know, U-turns, um, f- sort of <laughs> banning fans, social media burner accounts, breakdowns, meltdowns on the Facebook cult page, and um, stuff like that. All this stuff that we kind of forget about, but it, it, it there's so much stuff happening. It was like I, I almost sort of. Um, kind of compare it to to the Tory party. It's like a, a new scandal every week, so the previous scandal gets forgotten about, and that's pretty much what was going on with with um, with the club and, and with Hilton. It was like every week something else. It was like, what the hell is this? You know, and then we kind of forgot about the thing that happened the week before because this was like this is ridiculous. So that yeah, it, it was absolutely bizarre, really. But um, I think it's important to to sort of focus on. And the people that helped the club come through that period, and, and as you said, Michelle and, and all the board members and all the fans who who donated to the crowdfund, who helped promote the crowdfund, uh, you know, everybody around the football world who who you know promote, uh, you know, kind of donated to that. Look, we 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 raised. I think the final the final kind of figure was about just over seventy two thousand um, pounds, which is absolutely insane if you think about it. You know, we had kind of backing from Kevin Clifton, Thomas Turgoose as well from This Is England, loads of pretty big name people who were kind of getting on board and helping push this. And as you said, some help from um, the Athletic, who, who did a great job, uh, a great piece on Hilton, actually some some serious, you know, proper investigative journalism that you don't really see these days, you know. Um, and again, a lot of people at the time kind of said, oh, you know, we shouldn't be doing this. What about Hilton's mental health and all that? So even then they were getting it in the neck for sort of trying to expose a guy who was essentially killing the club. And again, you know, we, we suffered the same fate, didn't we, really? We we were had um, some dissent on, on social media from um, from from when we tried to highlight some of the issues and, and you know, we, we were, people tried to shut us up for saying, um, you know, that all these 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 different things that we were just trying to help the club really and 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 thankfully we we've got to the uh, got to a place where seemingly the club's immediate future is secure and also you know even though there's a lot of debt to address and and things like that i think you know a lot of good news happening at the minute you know we're, we're sort of a promotion battle with tamworth which is fascinating we've won out 8 out of 9 games at home you know, we've we've obviously because we've secured the stadium, that means that we can look at sponsorship on on, on a more of a significant level. With obviously the, the rename of this, of, of Glover Park to the Ice Arena, um, which uh, had some interesting feedback on social media, really. But I think people need to look at the big picture and, and forget about the rap. It's mouldy. It needs binning. We need money to save the football club. Let's just remember where we are. But anyway, yeah, it's 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 been. It's been absolutely insane, hasn't it? Really, I don't know what else we can say. We could be here all day. Um, let's be honest. So much, so much shit happened that I think it's it's worth talking about a little bit. But 
there's a lot of relevant stuff that's going on at the minute as well. Obviously, we're going to talk about the the Boston game. We're going to talk about other football related things like the the kind of the sort of problem between uh, Whitehall and Elliot and which one do you pick in our current you know setup and and things like that. We want to talk about the trust election. And we want to talk about the Football Supporters Association award nomination for the for the podcast off for Iron Brew as well. And, and there's a few other bits. But, um, you know, is there anything else that we really need to talk about right now, Matt, um, you know, from from that that saga? I think that's probably covered most of it. I think securing the ground, obviously, was, was a massive achievement. I think to do that in such a short space of time as well, because obviously Peter Swan had deadlines that, that he had to meet in terms of um, the mortgage that he'd taken out and, and things like that um, to get that over the line. Obviously, everyone involved in that, including the council, have, have done a fantastic job. And um, I think that was key to it, really. Um, you know, we had to stay at Glanford Park. I, I don't think fans would have would have accepted um, playing anywhere else. You know, Glanford Park's our home. Um, although... You know, I think it was it was heading towards playing at Gainsborough. You know, it, for the last few games, we may have had left if if Michelle hadn't have come in. I think it may have been Gainsborough we we had to play at. You know, I think I think that was that was key to it all, and and that's going to be key to the the sustainable uh, long term future as well. And I think, uh, as you say, we've had some great sponsorship. The Attis Arena. I mean, that that's been bubbling on in the background for a while. It was nice to see that kind of. Um, revealed at the weekend, uh, and the um, the training ground as well with uh, with Jason Threadgold as well with the uh, funeral directors sponsoring that again. Um, local businesses stepping up when when the club need them most, and I think that's been the the kind of best thing about it for me. Not only the fans, but local businesses. You look at I think Boston fans were having a bit of a, a laugh at uh, how many things were sponsored <laughs> and things like that, but. At the end of the day, you know, I think that's that's kind of testament to where uh, local businesses that have kind of chipped in, uh, and you know, the, there's some businesses that are, that have sponsored multiple games. You know, they're, they're sponsoring regularly, mm. um, and you know, I think uh, that that matters, and and that kind of uh, is the key to to securing the long term future. And uh, yeah, it, it's good to see because. It's not long ago, um, you know, we were playing in front of a couple of thousand games weren't getting sponsored. Uh, there, was, there was empty ad board spots and things like that. And, you know, yes, you can all have a laugh about it with, in terms of substitutions being sponsored and things like that. Um, but it's all money into the club. And, uh, you know, for me, whatever they can do to, to secure the future, they, they've got to do. And unfortunately, um, given the situation they inherited, um, these things have got to be done. And, and I think with the stadium sponsor, it's it's just another avenue that the club can uh, raise money, and obviously Joe local done really well for himself in the past. Obviously sold sold his previous company, and and this is his new kind of well, I say new. It's been going for a few years, but um, again, someone you know, wealthy individual in the town wanted to help, and I think also that kind of reflects really well on on Michelle because I think without this, none of it's really possible because she's got the contacts. She you know she she knows these people, these people um, respect Michelle and, and what she's trying to do. And, and it was great to see Steve Wharton there as well at the weekend. I believe he was at the game. So, you know, it's slowly turning. I think everyone's on board. The fans are on board at the moment. Fans through the gates, fantastic. Four and a half thousand. I mean, we, we've not seen that for, for a few years now. So, um, yeah, it's looking better. And I think that that's all we can say, really. We, we're kind of on the right path. And I think there's some really good people at the club now in, 
not just on the board, but you know, in other roles. And, and there's actually people there now to support James, who who appears yeah. everything. So you know, yeah, so I'm, good man, you know, James. And again, another yeah, I think it worth a shout out because I, I think Michelle did put it in one of the statements. But I, I genuinely do believe without James uh, sticking around, we may not have a football club because you know he's he's done so much that's kind of been unrecognised. So yeah, I think uh, yeah, hats off to him and. Uh, pleased he's kind of uh, stuck it through really because um, it could have been easy to, to kind of walk away and I know other people had and, and you can't blame them with what was going on at the club but he, he stuck there and uh, you know he's hopefully now um, it's it's going to become a really good place for him to work and, and uh, you know a really good club uh, that's forward, so, that's yeah. James. That's James Moody, by the way. Um, yeah, James. Yeah. So maybe, maybe there'll be a James Moody interview in in, in the coming weeks. Um, you know, and and as you said, Matt, um, a guy who's very much responsible for the club still being here today. Um, so that that would that will be a pretty good one. Um, so uh, let's listen out for that. Um, but you know, many people are, are responsible for the club being here today. But we, you know, we, we probably can't really list them all but anyway yeah james gets a shout out um just for the i'm not even sure you know did, did he like not sleep for three months or something like that you know uh hopefully he's had a good rest now but anyway yeah absolutely james um top man and hopefully we'll be able to speak to him soon but yeah i think that that sort of wraps up that kind of sort of preamble really of of, of the sort of the hilton slash um michelle saga which is is, is now come to an end and and, and you know, we're in a different era for the club now, and and it is looking a lot brighter. But there is still a lot to do, and um, so it's it's really important that, that fans continue to support the club, continue to come down to games, and hopefully there'll be a, a really good um, a really good crowd against uh, Tamworth on the on the twentieth. So make sure you get your tickets booked for that. It's going to be well, it's going to be a big game. Is it? We're going to get into that anyway. But let's um let let's move on to should we. You know what's the best thing to go with next? You know, let, let's just very, very briefly talk about the the uh, the award nomination for for Iron Brew. Um, you probably did see this. You might have even voted for it. But um, let to the, towards the end of last year, and I think the um, the actual ceremony was on the fourth of December. I happened to be in 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 uh, in Bruges for that. Uh, but I know Matt, you you attended, didn't you? And this is the um, Football Supporters Association Fan Media of the Year Award, which we were um, nominated for, shortlisted and nominated for, alongside one, two, three, four, uh, five other sort of media outlets. And, you know, it's it, a pretty big deal. Obviously, the, the podcast was in, in national news about, you know, the, the fundraising and, and, and the fan banning and stuff like that. But obviously, that was recognised by um, the panel at the FSA and, and a nice little bit of recognition. So, you know, just, just to mention that in there, um, we, we didn't win, unfortunately, but um, it was nice to be nominated. And, and Matt went down and, and had a good time, I think, had a few beers. Yeah, it was a free bar and uh, nice food. It was at Nobu Hotel. So, um, yeah, nice food, a couple of, couple of beers, free wine. So, yeah, it was... Uh... Yeah, it was a good night and real good celebration, really, of, of everything that's good in, in football. And uh, I think they do a fantastic job, the FSA. And I think they were also kind of um, involved in the sale, the sale of the, the football club. I think they played a part in that with the trust. Um, I had a quick chat with um, with the guy, one of the guys that was were, were helping the trust out on the night. And uh, yeah, 
it, it was just just a nice evening, um, and yeah, really really pleased to be nominated because uh, there were some kind of big names up there, and it was just nice to have a little bit of recognition for for what's happened this this season, really. So yeah, thanks thanks to everyone for for the nominations and the votes. Yeah, the the, the FSA were actually in contact um, after the whole banning thing as well. Um, just just to put that out there, obviously the FSA are there to help fans. So I, I was kind of contacted by the FSA regarding my my kind of ban from Glanford Park. Um, so just to mention that, so they were well aware of of the whole situation, as you said, Matt. That they were really helpful in, in not only that, but with the with the, with the deal secure the club as well. So um, <clears throat> that's really really important um, to, to mention. So um, fair play to the FSA. Yeah. All right. So I think we can move on to more recent events now, um, if you like. And um, yeah, the the Boston game. Um, and there's been, you know, kind of a a bit of a melt that meltdown on social media because we we didn't win against Boston. Um, it was uh, it was a bit of a weird game actually. I I, I thought um, sort of first sort of what twenty thirty minutes we looked absolute. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Unplayable. Probably the best I've seen is sort of play football wise this season. Um, Roberts was really, really good on the wing, and he, he obviously gave their full back a pretty hard time. But you know, unfortunately, we didn't capitalize. We got the penalty, but we probably should have scored a few more goals, unfortunately. Um, and then in, in the second half, it was pretty much all Boston, wasn't it? We had, we had a couple of chances and we didn't take them. And they equalized in the 91st minute. A bit frustrating, not the end of the world uh, scenario that it's kind of been billed as. In some areas of social media, look, we we played out of the last nine at home. We've played eight, one. Uh, sorry, out of the last nine at home, we've won eight and drawn one. I don't think it's that bad. Um, I just think it's sort of made a little bit more dramatic by um, Tamworth's unbelievable form. I think they've won six in a row, um, and they they just seem to keep winning. So uh, the game against Tamworth on the twentieth is going to be huge. But you know, what did you think to that one, Matt? The Boston game? Yeah, I think you summed it up pretty well. I think first half. Uh, especially the first sort of half an hour, I thought we we played really well. I thought we used the width of the pitch. Um, a lot of those kind of diagonal balls out to Roberts, and and I think that's the best we've seen from him really in that first half. Obviously, taking a little while to get up to speed, uh, but I think he showed that you know on on his day he is really unplayable at this level. And I think, as you say, uh, the fullback had a bit of a torrid time that first sort of half an hour, um, gave away the penalty, and you know he, he could have probably scored. He had a couple of chances. But yeah, it was good. I thought we played um, some really good stuff, and unfortunately, it was it was one of those games. You know, it could have ended could have could have ended up you know with 
three or four at half time. Boston looked, you know, all over the place in that first half. But then you just worry that if you don't take the chances that the other side are going to come back into it. And to be fair to Boston, they were really good in the second half and they, they thoroughly deserved it. I know, you know, it was a late goal, but I think on balance of that second half, they deserved it. I thought they got on top of our midfield. Uh, and to be fair to Jimmy, I know he, he did try change it a little bit. I know um, for me it didn't quite work, but I think we were getting overrun in, in midfield prior to that anyway. Not sure. So he, I know he brought Beast in on centrally, but he, he quickly moved him. When when Shrimpton came on, and I, I don't know, it, it just didn't quite work, but it wasn't working at the start of the first half anyway, so he had to do something. And I think he probably thought getting getting some fresh legs on might help us a little bit in midfield but um yeah it wasn't to be and yeah ultimately I think I think it was a fair result in the end but just you know frustrating how it happened uh, I don't think we dealt with either goal particularly well the first one was was really poor dreadful yeah I mean that was kind of what we've been used to seeing in the last couple of seasons really um just just no kind of no one attacking the ball and unfortunately you know it's come back off the post and, and someone's hammered it in uh, the second one again just trying to just trying to clear the lines doesn't quite happen and to be fair to him it's a good finish isn't it I think um, he's taken it really well and he's kind of just used the defender to, to kind of bend it round um, so yeah I don't know not a lot you can say really I think um, you know on another day I think their manager summed it up on another day would have been out of sight at half time but yeah. they came back and um, yeah sometimes you just got to got to kind of take the point uh, I think you're right I think Tamworth's form kind of compounds it a little bit because you know you kind of they're kind of pulling away a little bit at the top I know we've got a game in hand I think the five points clear now aren't they but um, yeah yeah they beat was it Warren and 3-0 yeah, yeah they had a good result midweek <clears throat> so that kind of you know they are playing really well. Obviously, they're, they're grinding out the results. Um, just seem to be picking up results, even if it's, it's a late goal to grind it out. And you know, fair play, they're um, they're having a good go. Um, and you know, that that game in a couple of weeks now, uh, week on Saturday becomes massive. But I think it just puts a little bit of pressure on us now to go to um, Brackley and get a result. Uh, had we won that, you know, you, you might have said you know, draw at Brackley would be a decent result. Uh, but now I think. Uh, you know, it puts the pressure on us to to really be going there looking for three points, and um, that's another tough place to go. So, no, not an easy place to go, is it? <laughs> no, and I know we lost there in the cup. So be the, the fourth time we played them this season. Uh, yes, I think it is. Yeah, because we we had the cup re uh, cup at our place replay, and then we beat them at home and with Butterfield's free kick. So yeah, yeah fourth, fourth time we played them. So it's going to be a test. I think it's going to be going to be tough, but but yeah, hopefully, you know, if we get a decent result on Saturday, then all the focus is on that big one. But I think there's there's a hell of a long way to go. And, um, you look at the form; <clears throat> it's been really good. Just unfortunate, yeah. really, we couldn't get over the line on Saturday. But but I think there's a lot of football to be played, and um, five points. You know, we, it's not the end of the world. Obviously, if the next no. two results go against us, then then you can maybe start getting a little bit concerned. But um, but yeah, plenty of football to play. So. Um, yeah, I think it's just one of those frustrating, but, but move on to the next game. I did get a little bit of stick on, on Twitter for saying we could potentially be 11 points behind Tamworth after the game on the 20th, uh, which is it is very possible. Um, I don't think it will happen, but um, you know, Tamworth have got Darlington on Saturday where we played Brackley down and awful. Um, hopefully, you know, there might be a surprise there. Uh, but again, you know, Brackley's not an easy game. I think they're probably one of the strongest side we've played this season. We've struggled against them in, in, in some respects, but we need to go get something from there. So, yeah, it'd be an interesting one. As you said, there's, there's a long way to go, really. Uh, look, I think we're in a good position. I mean, we are in a good position. Look, we, you know, the, the squad's pretty much almost fully fit. Um, I think the only real kind of fitness doubt injury was... Uh, 
Ross Barrows and he's supposed to be coming back to fitness in the next week or so. So, look, he's, he's got a full squad to choose from as far as I'm aware at this point um, as we record this on, on Thursday ahead of the game at, at Brackley. So, you know, obviously at the moment there's no kind of scope to strengthen the squad or bring any new faces in because of the embargo, which we will talk about in a little while. But I think, you know, given that kind of Roberts is now kind of looking really, really sharp, uh, I know Beeston's come back and he got a bit of match fitness. I thought Elliot was really good on Saturday, actually, and, and he was actually really good against um, against Farsley on that bog of a pitch. Um, he was he had a really good game, even though he was playing out wide. He, he still looked really good. So um, I think there's probably a lot more to come from Elliot, and, and, and he's a different kind of player compared to White on And it's something we want to talk about as well, really, that kind of dynamic between two sort of prominent strikers at this level and in the squad, Whitehall and Elliot, both very different types of player. Obviously, you've got Whitehall, who's a, a target man, a bit of a sort of a bit of a shithouse, you know, that's part of his game as well, which is quite useful at this level. Um, and Elliot, who's more of a back to the goal, into the feet striker with a bit of pace. They're very different. Um, and Elliot showed he's, he's kind of what he's what he's good at at the weekend against Boston. I thought he had a really good game um, and tapping in a penalty. Probably should have had a hat-trick, but, uh, and obviously Whitehall's our top scorer. Um, so it's that dynamic though, isn't it? Because we, Jimmy likes to play a certain way in this league. He says 4-4-2 is dead and stuff like that. And he, he likes to play a little bit more of a dynamic formation, um, you know, with one up top and, and, and kind of wingers slash forwards and the fullback as well which which has been working no reason to change that it's, it's been absolutely fine it's been really good at times we've looked really 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 good um, uh, but uh, you know just not having Whitehall on the team and, and bringing Elliot in uh, by the way Whitehall's ban was absolutely bizarre by the way the fact that uh, Asenso got let off and he didn't was well, unbelievable, to be honest. It was a joint appeal from Farsley and, and Scunthorpe, but uh, officiating at this level is bizarre anyway, but that was strange. Anyway, um, so yeah, you get two different things, don't you? So, you know, you kind of lose that sort of hold-up play a little bit when Whitehall's not on the team. You lose that kind of shithousery a little bit. Um, but obviously, with Elliot, it brings a bit more pace, and he can obviously work the channels as well if he needs to, which can kind of bring some of the other forwards into a more central position, which uh, which which is, is a little bit different. Um, I, I don't know what the best choices between those two. Obviously, he's, he's preferred Whitehall, um, but obviously Elliot's got a, an opportunity now, hasn't he? He's got another couple of games that he's, he's obviously going to be starting in because Whitehall's banned for three games. Um, uh, but it, it just changes that dynamic a little bit, doesn't it? And I think at times against Boston, we we played some of our best football we have this year. And, and, and is, is, is that because Elliot was in the team ahead of Whitehall? I don't know. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, it's a tricky one. I don't know. Um, I mean, there's, there's times this season I've been quite disappointed with Elliot. Not so much ability. I think the ability is there. Just, just sometimes for me, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I've just been a little bit frustrated with him. On the other hand, you know, you could also say the same about Whitehall. And I think a lot of fans have been frustrated with Whitehall at one point or another this season. But, you know, he's, he's top scorer and he was in a decent run, to be fair, before the red card. So, um, you know, not... Not ideal that he picked that up. I agree, it was it was an awful decision, really. Um, <clears throat> it's either you've got to overturn one or or none, um, and, and just leave them both for the suspension. So that was an odd one. Can't really understand that. But yeah, I think we did play some really good stuff at the weekend. I think Elliot was a was a key part of that. I thought he played really well, and that was probably one of the better games he's had. I know chances have been limited for him of late. Uh, obviously, Whitehall getting the nod, uh, but I think they can bro- both uh, bring 
bring things to the squad. Obviously, different um, different styles of player, but I think Whitehall has, uh, you know, you can't argue with his goal scoring record. I know there's been a couple of penalties in there, but, you know, he's amongst the top scorers in the league. Um, he gives defenders things to think about and, uh, you know, he's he's having a decent season, so you can't really knock him. So it'd be interesting to see what Jimmy Deal does, obviously, at the moment. Uh, his, his hands are tied, really. We've, we've got to start Elliot. Um, I think on the back of the weekend, that's that's not an issue. I think um, you know he's got a couple more games to um, to prove himself. Obviously, two goals doesn't hurt at the weekend. Uh, and then when Whitehall comes back, it's going to be interesting to see what Jimmy does. But I think um, you know two two good strikers at this level and two strikers that I'm sure any other side at this level would would snap your hand off for. So um, you know, although we've only really got two strikers in the building at the moment arguably the best or amongst the best in the league so um, you know whoever plays <clears throat> if it means we've just got to just tweak the system a little bit uh, depending on who plays that that's fine and that's up to Jimmy and, and that's what that's what he's there for and that's um, you know he's, he's got to earn his money that way so um, yeah <clears throat> I don't know I'm with you I think uh, really uh, both bring different things to the team that's uh, really favour favor one over the other I think it's yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he uses them between now and the end of the season. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, I almost like kind of lean towards Elliot because if it's if it's not working, then the the plan B kind of becomes Whitehall because he definitely brings something different, doesn't he? Um, it's it's a it kind of going the other way, starting with Whitehall, and if it don't work and bringing Elliot on towards the end of the match, don't always. I don't know. It, it's a bit of a weird one. Normally, plan B is sort of a, a target man, isn't it, rather than a, a quicker striker, but. I don't know. It's a difficult one. Like either, to be honest, should be absolutely fine. And, and to be fair, you know, either is, it has been all right. Like as you said, as we said earlier, he did well against Boston, and he's, he's going to get a chance now, isn't he? Um, against Brackley on Saturday, and and, and the big one against against Tamworth. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think I certainly don't think it's 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 time to get worried or um, get concerned about being. Um, Five points behind Tamworth. Um, as you said, we've got to play him at home. We've also got a game in hand. It's it, there's so there's a lot more twists um, and turns to come yet. Um, so you know, it's 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 a good problem to have though. It's you know we're talking about this top of the league. I think you know until we conceded uh, Boston's first equaliser on on Saturday, we hadn't conceded a game uh, a goal for about eight and a half hours of football or something like that. So I think I'm not sure if that was like for the or at home. I can't remember, but it's been a long time. Um, so there's a lot of good things going on. It just kind of took the gloss off it a little bit and, and, and kind of sort of highlighted a little bit more just because Tamworth just keep winning. But I think if you look at a few people have highlighted on social media, that if you look at Tamworth's next few games coming forward, they've got a lot tougher game you know they've been playing some teams in and around the bottom again they've got kind of Darlington and on Saturday and stuff like that so um and, and we've very much been playing teams in and around the playoffs recently you know so I think it's it's it's, it's there's a lot there's a lot to go yet um so I don't worry about it, it too much and I still think we'll will go up but again there's a long way to go so but it's, it's a good problem to have at least we're not talking about you know when are we going to get relegated how early are you going to know when we're going to be relegated you know how many are we going to lose by this week it's, it's very very much a different conversation this year so uh, yeah so that that was the that was the boston game and and i think let's move away from the pitch again at the minute and, and there's there's something going on that it's not happened for a long time or probably hasn't happened before and that is a iron trust election um, you probably would have heard about it. Um, I have tweeted about it, but the trust is is holding an election. Obviously, that the, the trust been in for some stick of recent years, but I think um, they've been very very good in in helping to secure the ground with the um, the ACV asset of community value. And so let, let let's 
um, let's talk about the trust a little bit. Um, and I think it's really important. I've been very vocal on social media about um, trying to get more people to join the trust. I think the memberships nearly or maybe at this point has more than doubled since September. So we're, we're coming up to 900 members for the trust when in sort of September it was about 400. So that's this is absolutely insane turnaround. I think people realise the need for an organisation like the trust um, when the club is under threat. And I think it's important for the solidarity and the more members the trust has, the stronger it is. And of course, if you if you do join the Iron Trust and it's it's, it's ten pound for a, a lifetime membership, if you do join the trust, the trust is planning to um, buy another set of shares from the club once the club releases shares for purchase. Um, the club has, has promised the trust because I think they've already donated five thousand pounds to the club. They said that will be converted into shares, and I believe they're planning to do that again in the coming weeks. I'm not sure of the sum, but um, again, so your kind of membership is is directly supporting the trust, but it's also directly supporting the club as well. So it's another way of putting money in the club's pocket. Um, so just so you know, that's really important to to kind of highlight. But um, because of the 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 kind of the the good work the trust has done and 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 the notoriety of the trust recently they come round to election time and normally that I think that there's an election for for four seats on the board um and previously there's never really been a need for an election as far as I'm aware um just because it it was sort of a I don't want to say a foregone conclusion but it wasn't that widely publicised and I only joined the trust in in the last few months so I'm I'm not sure myself and. So because of that, there's been, uh, so we've got, essentially we've got six candidates um, proposed for the board, the four places on the board of the trust. And if you're a member of the trust, you'll have had your email asking you to vote for four out of six of those candidates. Now, I've tweeted about it. I am standing for the election. Um, that's all I'm going to say in this podcast. If you want to know more, you, you can look at my, my Twitter page. I've, I've pinned it to the top of my statement. But um, just the way it works is uh, four out of the six candidates um, and, and the candidates are myself, Ring Goslin, John Needham, Chris Skinner, Mark Stockgale, and Neil Wright of I'm Brew Podcast fame. Uh, and the, the, the election vote will close in the th- um, and then that will be independently um, verified. Um, and then we should find the results of that at the AGM, I believe, which is the week after of the trust. So just to, to kind of mention that is happening. So if you've not yet voted, you know, please do reply to that email and, and vote if you're a, a member of the trust and, and haven't got that email yet. I would just hit the trust upon maybe Twitter or just, just ask. It could have gone in your spam. Um, just have a look in your spam folder, see if it's in there. If not, just get in contact with them. But it's important, isn't it, Matt, that the trust gets as much uh, as many members as possible and this is a pretty big event that is i think it's important to highlight is going on um and that you know if you're listening to this podcast and and you, you're not yet a member of the trust why aren't you a member of the trust please become a member of the trust it's really important but i think you'll agree with me that the more members the trust have the stronger it is yeah i think so i think that's right and i think um you know as you said you touched on previously that they've they've had a little bit of stick haven't they over the past few years um whether it was when Neil went onto the board, um, obviously, I think it was very difficult circumstances when when Neil went onto the football club board as the the fan rep didn't quite work out as as anyone had hoped it. I think, and unfortunately, uh, Neil and and also the trust sort of took took a lot of stick for that, and uh, it was unfortunate. But I think what's what's really good about the trust, and I think uh, obviously knowing knowing John and Tony, you know, they've they've taken kind of a bit of stick over the years but 
but they're you know they're massive fans of the club. They, they could have easily been kind of disheartened, I think, because previous to the past sort of four, five, six months, uh, you know, the take up for membership hasn't been great, really. I think they will agree with that that they've never really had as many members as they would have hoped for. But I think because of what's happened with with Hilton and and obviously the back end of, of Swan's tenure, uh, I think you know it, it's been the catalyst really for for the trust to really you know get some momentum and I think uh, the numbers signed up now I, I don't know the exact number I know it keeps going up doesn't it but not far off 900 I don't think which is uh, which is fantastic and I think um, you know it, it's testament really to, to the work that, that the guys do because it has gone unnoticed in the past I think they've um, you know done some good work behind the scenes and um, as I say, it would have been easy to get disheartened. I think, you know, when Swan was, was at the club, he, he didn't really want meetings with them. There was never that real open dialogue. I know towards the end there was. Uh, I think now with, with sort of the board that we've got now, you would hope that there's a bit more open dialogue between the fans and the trust and, and, and the other supporters groups as well, not just the trust. But I, I do think, um, you know, it's one really good thing that's come out of all this is that um you know the, the trust have been backed and and hopefully you know can can uh, keep growing keep the membership keep growing and i think obviously not going to say too much on on the nominees obviously um it's good to see a few new faces obviously yourself on there Bryn, um as a as a younger fan i think that's really important as well and um, that that kind of the the younger section of the the support represented um, so you know, there's. I think it's just really important that if you're um, you're a member, you you vote and and have your say. And obviously, if you're not a member, get signed up. You know, ten pound for a lifetime membership is is nothing really. And um, I think it's it's really important, just in case. And and you know, touch wood, we we're never in this position again. But I think uh, you know we're stronger if we do have a strong trust and and a, a large membership behind it. So definitely go and vote uh, if if you're a member of the trust. And um, yeah, be be interesting to see what happens on the back of that but I think it's been a good year really for the trust I think uh, there's a lot of momentum behind it now and um, I think they've come out of this really well just like we have really (laughs) yeah I mean yeah mate I I think so it's a good time to get involved and and get behind the trust and just be aware of what they do and and, and join for a for the price of what two pints these days you know it's a lifetime membership I think it's important that that people do and 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 really I'd like to see it um sometime early this year then then kind of go past a thousand membership mark I mean look we're getting um, four and a half thousand people at Glanville Park a good proportion of that should be should be members of the Iron Trust. Every fan should be, really. I mean, the, the trust are always there on, on the Iron Trust corner, as they call it, and just outside Glover Park on match days. So, you know, go, go talk to them, go sign up. Um, uh, it's, it's really important. You get a nice little pin badge. It's, it's on my jacket now. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's such a such a big thing. And I think, you know, a stronger trust is, is a stronger Scunthorpe United and, and having that kind of fan group, that that representation, some, you know, a body that looks out for the club, but also looks out for fans as well and, and is able to facilitate different things is, is really, really important. Um, so let's, let's back them and uh, let's join and uh, yeah, make sure you vote in the election and uh, let's uh, go forward from there. So I think that's, you know, it's, it's been a long time, you know, it's the, the last one, the last podcast we did was the 25th of August and that was four games into the season and a lot has happened since then and 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 you know, at, at, at times we didn't think we would be doing another regular podcast because we thought that the club was hours away from its demise. But thankfully, that's that's 
that's not happened you know we're we're all, we're all able to to keep going to to games to to enjoy you know taking our kids to scuntock games and things like that something you might not have been able to do if it had died um and and we're enjoying going to the club we're enjoying spending money on beer getting you know having a goat burger even the crumble which i've not had yet but it looks really really good so go buy the crumble um but you know this stuff and and uh, you know we're, we're now getting to see the club and the community around the club flourish a little bit um and attract investors and and, and attract the the local business community um, which is is the path to sustainability and and i think that we've seen that and as you said matt that that's down to kind of michelle's connections the hard work that she's done the hard work of the board um but look um we're in a really good position now we thought we were dead but we're not and we're, we're alive you know um so it's important to remember that every time you go down to glanford park that that you can go next week and see your mates and, and stand on the terrace and, and shout abuse to the referee and, and, you know, things like that. Because that was essentially something that was hours away from not being a thing anymore. And what would you do? You know, you can't just go support Grimsby or something like that. What the fuck would you do? You know, you, you only support one football club. Um, and once it's dead, that's it. What the hell do you do with your Saturdays? So it's it's not. And the only reason it's still alive and that you can continue to do these things um, and support the club that that you've grown up supporting that maybe your dad supported and and things like that and you can still make that pilgrimage to Glanford Park on a Saturday is because some people in the face of adversity in the face of threats and in the face of insurmountable odds have come in and they've stood up for this football club they've put their money in they've put their reputation on the line um, they've taken abuse from it. Some of them have even taken death threats on social media, you know, and they've they've stood up for the club. Um, and thank you to everybody who's done that. Thank you to everybody who supported the podcast, supported the club, supported Iron Brew. Thank you for everybody who's donated to the fundraiser. Thank you to everybody who's apologised uh, to me and Matt for giving us abuse when they thought we were um, enemy of the state for calling out David Hilton. Thank you to everybody who's realised that we're not. Um, and everything we've done and a lot of people and groups have done is in the interest of the football club. And now you'll realise that. And, and thank you um, to everybody for that. Um, and, you know, see you down at Glanford Park. See you for a beer in the Iron Bar, whatever it is. Come and have a chat. We're there most weeks. I know Matt is. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's it's important that the club has survived for so many people because I don't know what the hell I would have done with my Saturday if it didn't. And so, yeah, see you uh, against Tamworth. Make sure you buy your ticket. Make sure you join the Iron Trust and there is a light that never goes out. Cheers. Up the iron. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 